Welcome to this episode of the Security Clearance Careers Podcast, ClearCast, your source for security clearance, intelligence community, espionage, national security, and defense contracting updates, and our exclusive interviews with intelligence community and government leaders. This is Lindy Kaiser and welcome. It is tax season. And so today we are very delighted to have Jennifer Jones. She is with jjonesfinancial.com. She is an enrolled agent and has been a military spouse and tax finance professional for 20 plus years. We know and have talked about the fact that financial issues are a top cause of security clearance denial. And actually delinquent taxes and tax issues are, I would say, one of the bigger buckets of problems within that set. So I love that Jennifer's here to chat with us and has the experience, again, as a military spouse, being in the military community, knows the clearance and just the importance of those roles and why keeping track of your financials is a career kind of imperative. Thank you again so much for taking the time to chat with me, Jennifer. And what happens if you owe taxes and you can't pay? Can you speak to that? I can definitely talk about that. Actually, I I think that's one of the more common things that I see. And usually not being able to pay your taxes isn't because you're, you know, some kind of tax criminal or anything. A lot of times it's just a result of poor planning with your withholdings. Being delinquent on your tax payments isn't isn't a criminal thing. It's a civil thing. And when you're talking to the IRS about it, they pretty much just want to help you get compliant as fast as you can. Contrary to popular belief, the IRS is not run by vampires, but people do get stressed out about it. And a lot of people's approach to when they're stressed is avoidance. And they'll come with unopened letters and they'll say, I, I want you to tell me what this letter is. Like, well, wh- why, why didn't you open it? Because I was afraid to. It really is, is very, very common. That's so key that you speak to that. I mean, the avoidance factor and how that does not help your cause. Do you come across that folks who have just failed to file taxes, perhaps? And I think that's a big takeaway too. I see that come up folks who have not filed their taxes for a number of years and then apply for a security clearance. And even if they have filed certain years, maybe how do you go back and write the record if you failed to pay in years past? Well, first we look and see what their record is with the IRS. You can actually pull up your own tax records on irs.gov by logging in to your own account. You can see a transcript of all of the tax returns you filed and a listing of your account for how much you owe for which years and what payments you've made. So first we look and see what their record looks like so we can see exactly what years they haven't filed, what years they filed but they haven't paid. We go back as far as we can. A couple years ago, I was a tax professional in Las Vegas, and I had the opportunity to help a gentleman that was trying to retire. He had worked for the school district his entire career, and he had never filed his taxes ever. When he went to retire, the Social Security Administration was like, and who are you? We don't have any work credits for you because you haven't filed your taxes. He was under the assumption that because he had so much money withheld from his checks that he was going to be getting a refund anyway. And you know what? They can just keep it. I I think that filing taxes itself was a, a stressful thing for him because he didn't have a lot of tax knowledge. And so avoidance was coming into play there. So we were able to work with the IRS and with Social Security, even though you can only file taxes back 
the last three years to receive a refund. We filed his taxes for the last 10 years back. And we were able to see, look, he has, this is how much money he was earning for these 10 years. The Social Security Administration was able to say, okay, this gives us a good idea of how much he earned for his entire career. And he was able to move forward and receive Social Security benefits, even though he hadn't filed his taxes. Most people aren't that dramatic. They're not, they're not the, I've never filed a return before people. They're people that maybe, you know, had like a death in the family in the spring and just weren't failing up to tackling anything that was stressful. You know, anxiety kind of snowballs. If it's anxious for you on April 10th, it's going to be a whole lot more anxious for you October 5th, especially if you didn't hit the extend button and avoid, avoid, avoid becomes really put your head in the sand and it does not help anybody. The number one thing that I have seen talking with people throughout the years, whenever they come to me with tax problems, is the instantaneous relief that they feel when they talk to somebody that just takes a minute and reads the letter with them and lets them know, oh, you know, this isn't that bad. You just forgot a W-2 on your tax return. Let's fix this now. You know, I've gotten a lot of hugs over the years from people leaving my tax office. Hey, some finances are love sometimes. They go hand in hand. I think it's, you know, get, when you get the stress relief again of handling this stuff. And I think, you know, like there's something about the IRS. People think of it as a big, bad government agency. But maybe speak to that. How can individuals work with the IRS? And how do you communicate well if you run into an issue? Like, oh, yeah, I forgot to file that year, you know, when my mom died or something happens you mentioned you can pull up your records on IRS. Is there a process maybe for reaching out to somebody with the IRS? Will they work with you directly to deal with those issues? Is that when you need somebody to come in or? So it's always better to be proactive than reactive, especially if you know that there's something wrong with your taxes. A lot of times I'll do a tax return with a new client. And part of my process for intaking new clients is, well, let me see your last tax return or maybe your last few years worth of tax returns if they have a business or a rental property. I, I may find issues with previously filed tax returns. And it's always up to them whether or not they want to amend the return, but I always let them know it's way better for us to address the issue now and fix it before you get a letter from the IRS. IRS agents are just like you and me. They get dressed and they kiss their wife goodbye and they go to the office and they pack their lunch and they just want to get their job done. And whatever you can do to make their job easier for them they will bend over backwards to help you. Honestly, the best way to go about resolving an issue that you already know that you have with the IRS is to contact a tax professional because they're able to tell you, yes, this is what the problem is. This is what your current situation is. This is how your tax return should have been reported. Maybe even find a few things with your tax return with deductions you may have missed. I have a cousin who was audited three years in a row, and all three years in a row, she left her audit to IRS paying her because of deductions that she hadn't utilized for those three years. But yes, you want to talk to a tax professional, and not all tax professionals are the same. If you go down to, you know, random retail people that you see on TV in advertising kind of places, 
Those tax offices have tax preparers. They may only have one enrolled agent or a CPA that helps with like a the whole city or a region. I wouldn't recommend going to a tax preparation place. I would seek out an enrolled agent, a CPA, or a tax attorney. Tax attorneys, those are your big guns. Those are the people you want to go to if you know that you're already going to court. CPAs and EAs are both really good. If you're picking a CPA though, you want to make sure that you're going to a CPA that specializes in taxation. There are all kinds of specialties with doctors. The exact same thing is with a CPA. CPAs have wide, wide range of issues that they deal with. You may go to a CPA office that only deals with internal financial audits and not the IRS at all. Enrolled agents are really a good choice. They specialize in taxation, complex taxation and representation. We don't have the other pieces of the pie that the CPA has, but enrolled agents, CPAs, and tax attorneys all have the same rights and responsibilities with the IRS and can go from, hey, I got a scary letter in the mail all the way to, well, we're at tax court today and anywhere in between. The complexity of filing taxes these days is something that's kind of worth noting and and when to bring in a professional. Because I have even heard from a lot of people this year with dependent care, tax credits and things being what they are. You know, if you've done your taxes yourself or always done them a certain way, it's, you know, the tax code doesn't change the same, you know, year to year. There are changes and changes in how you file. And again, we see sometimes the pitfalls come in with somebody who thinks they know the process or thinks they know, oh, hey, I'm going to get a refund or, but that's not necessarily the case. So that's where, like you said, a tax professional can look at your finances and advise you and give you that input. Well, there are changes built in to every tax code that's adopted by Congress just to handle the amount of expected inflation. So for example, your standard deduction will be different every year. Different credits you know, will either go up or down by a little bit of money. So at least the dollar values are changing, but sometimes the rules completely go on their ear and there's radical change to the tax code, like with the CARES Act, where we had suddenly all of the standard deductions were doubled and a lot of things that people were claiming before, like uh, work from home expenses or, hey, I'm a, a laborer and I bought a bunch of tools and I travel around in my truck and stuff like that, were no longer things that they could deduct, but were kind of built in agreement that they had with their employers before that, you know, I'll, I'll pay you this much, but you're handling your own expenses. It is a good idea whenever there's a big change in taxes. Even if you are a spectacular do-it-yourselfer, it's good to at least the first year find out, okay, this is how the changes affect me and my family and what I need to do proactively throughout the year to guarantee that I have the best outcome when it's time to do taxes. Because we can't go back. If you didn't have money taken out of your paycheck, then there's nothing that we can do about that now. If you didn't save your receipts from when you were doing random business-related things, we can kind of reconstruct that, but it's a lot better to be proactive than reactive when it comes to taxes. And so, you know, you're a military spouse, you've been in the national security kind of space military community. Have you noticed any common pitfalls for someone who maybe for service members, military, you know, those in this space, any tax issues that you think are more likely to come up or just things in general to be aware of? 
Well, I think one of the big things with the military community is uh, military families may not be aware of how the military spouse really fact affects them and their family, especially with military spouses who are gaining employment uh, at their new duty station. They may be in, like if they lived in the Washington DC area, they may live in Alexandria. Their job might be in Maryland. Their husband's home of record might be California and they got married in Arizona and they don't know how <laughs> to have withholding with their taxes. What, what, what do they do? Speaking with somebody, especially like if, if you're starting employment so that you can plan what your withholdings should be for which state. In this case, military spouse who lives in Virginia, works in Maryland, spouses, home of record is in California. They have three different states that are saying they want money from them and that they have claim to their income taxes. And so really having somebody who can tease it out for them is a big thing. You're making me think that every time I start a new job, I should consult a tax professional as like forget career planning. I think the tax portion part of it might be a consideration and where you're choosing to work. We think of that and kind of like where we're choosing to live and the tax rates and property taxes, but the employment side of it makes a difference too. It does. It does. Well, and military spouses already have such a high rate of unemployment or underemployment just because they often move their lives every 12 months, every 24 months, maybe every three years, and a combination of the above. And sometimes even just getting hired, it's hard. Discriminating because you're a military spouse is definitely you know, frowned upon. You're not supposed to do that in hiring. But if you're in an interview and the, your job interviewer is asking you, so what made your family decide that you're moving to the area? And, and you say, oh, well, my spouse is military. They might find a different reason to exclude you from consideration for that position. Maybe they might be one of the awesome companies out there that are like, oh my goodness, we love and value military spouses. But until you really know that company and the culture, it's pretty much a random grab bag. You don't know what you're going to get until you get there. I know for me and my family, my husband, he's a JAG officer with the army. Being compliant with his taxes is very, very important because if he's not compliant with taxes, he could lose his law license. He could lose his security license. And with me, if our family wasn't tax compliant, I could lose my enrolled agent license. That's a designation that I received directly from the IRS. I have a whole range of ethics and responsibilities that I have to be certified as compliant on, or I am not going to be allowed to represent anybody, including myself. <laughs> well, I won't have an enrolled agent license yeah. anymore. No, I mean, there's career implications for, you know, following rules, so. Well, there are a lot of different things with taxes. Sometimes people think that they can just file bankruptcy and that will help them with their taxes. That will both jeopardize your security clearance and won't help you with the IRS. So definitely speaking with, you know, a professional who knows what they're doing and has experience in your issue before you make any rash decisions yourself is good. And fixing the issue, if you do honestly owe money to the IRS because you haven't filed, get that return filed as soon as you can. 
if the issue is that you can file it, but you don't have the money to pay it, there's steps that you can use to remedy that. The very easiest one is to ask for uh, an installment agreement. You can have a tax professional do that for you, or you can even sign up for that yourself on irs.gov. Tell the IRS, yes, I owe this money. This is my personal information. This is how much I can pay a month. And you have up to seven years to make monthly payment on that tax agreement. And if your situation is so dire that, you know, that installment agreement is not going to work for you, that you're not going to be compliant with that, that's when you're going to want to look into doing an offer and compromise. And that's where you say, okay, IRS, I understand that I owe you $100,000, but there's no way I'm ever going to be able to pay that. I'm going to offer you maybe $30,000 and I can make installment payments on that, you know, for the next five years or whatever, the IRS is going to be a lot more likely to work with you and to write off the amount of debt that, honestly, you can't squeeze blood from a stone money and get you compliant. So with security clearances, what they're looking for is that you're compliant. So even if you have not paid everything that you've owed to the IRS, as long as you are in a payment agreement with them and you're you're making the payments, you haven't you know, skipped any, that counts as being compliant. Honestly, you just want to address that issue head on and proactively with a professional who knows what to do and can help you. There's really not a bad income that that is absolutely going to happen in your case. No, I love that. I mean, that's the government cares about compliance, you know, and so again, even if you owe money, even if you have difficulties paying, showing that you're in a payment plan, that you're taking the steps to pay it, is really key. So again, don't forget, file your taxes, everyone. Now is the time or file an extension. If you can't file right now, or if you can't find a certified professional to help you between now and then. Thank you so much, Jennifer Jones, jjonesfinancial.com for chatting with us and providing this insight and information. I think it's super useful. Again, as we head into tax season, I just continue to see tax issues come up and I hate that. So make sure file your taxes or file an extension, but make sure that you are compliant with the IRS. Thank you again so much, Jennifer. I appreciate it. This is Katie Keller, editor at clearancejobs.com. Thank you for listening to this episode of ClearedCast. For more information on career and recruiting advice, visit news.clearancejobs.com.